see if I can get this. It never fails when I put together something. It works perfectly at home. And then you come to church, guess what happens? <laughs> All right. We did it. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> All right. This is, uh, maybe you don't mind, I could have a quick word of prayer before I begin. Dear Heavenly Father, again, it's just what is such a privilege to be in your house and to be with my brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters. Lord, I pray that you uh, give me clear thought and clear speech as I present your message, your holy word, Lord. May you prepare all of our hearts for the message, myself included. If there would be any sins, Lord, anything at all that would keep, uh, keep your presence from being here, Lord, I ask that you forgive us, cleanse us of those sins, and completely transform and change our hearts as we give them to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Eternal life. That's such a beautiful word, isn't it? Amen. I know many of us think about that. It brings up a lot of feelings and emotions. And eternal life, everyone wants to have it. However, not everybody really fully understands how to obtain it. And we know that, that eternal life only comes through that one person, and we know that one person to be who? Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us how to have eternal life, but again, not everybody fully understands it. So that's what we're going to look at today. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I think even this powerful subject is even good as a good refresher for us as well. As our sister read, I'm just going to read it again. Jesus said, verily, verily, as you know, in the Greek, when the word verily, verily, or old English, is actually the truth, the truth. So whenever Jesus says the truth, the truth, it's worth paying attention to. Amen? So the truth, the truth, Jesus says, I say unto you, he that believeth on me has everlasting life. Well, that's one way to have everlasting life, right? We need to believe in Jesus. But Jesus goes on to say, I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which come down from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give him is my flesh, which I shall give to the world. So another, another, if you will, part of being having eternal life is actually eating the flesh and drinking his blood. So in the verse I just read, believing in Jesus is obviously not enough, right? We need to eat the bread as well. And as Jesus was speaking, he was saying this to the Jewish people. And the Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying... How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And many Christians, again, do not fully understand this as well. I think even many of us don't fully understand, or at least we don't understand the importance of this. And I'm reading on John chapter 6, verses 52, 58. I need to give the quotes because I know they record this. And the Jews drove among themselves, saying, again, how can this man give us flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, I'm going to put that in the proper translation, the truth, the truth. I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So that's how important it is that we eat his flesh and drink his blood. Jesus goes on to say, whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath what? Eternal life. So that's a part also of having eternal life, not just believing in Jesus. And Jesus goes on to say, And I will raise him up the last day, for my flesh is food indeed, 
and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which come down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat man and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall what? Live forever. Again, he, Jesus could not make it any clearer how important it is to eat his flesh and to drink his blood. And when Jesus was saying this to the Jews, the disciples were there too. Not just the twelve, but other of his disciples who were followers of Jesus. So in verse uh, John chapter 6, just reading on, starting at verse 60. Many thereof his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Or who can understand it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, at it he said unto them, and he says it in another way. I like this. It is the Spirit. Now here in the Greek, it's not talking about the Holy Spirit. Here in the Greek, it's talking about the breath that you and I have. It is the breath that makes alive. That's the word quickness. Makes alive the flesh. Uh, makes alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. Okay? So in other words, what Jesus said, listen, the breath that you take, it keeps your body alive. But other than that, it doesn't profit anything other than that. Jesus says, the words that I speak unto you, they are breath and they are life. So Jesus is telling them that your body needs oxygen to live, but obviously doesn't do anything more than that. But the words that Jesus gives is more than just breath to your body. It will give you eternal life. And it's important that we understand that because what Jesus was just, they didn't understand when he talked about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. So Jesus said it in another way that, he would under, that they would understand. And what Jesus was referring to was that his blood and his flesh is his words. Therefore, when we partake of Jesus' words and do what he says, we are actually eating the flesh and drinking his blood. Amen? When I read on John chapter 6, verses 66 and 68. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then he said unto the twelve, so that tells you two things. The twelve remained, the other ones that were disciples of Christ, who were wanting to be disciples of Christ, because Jesus said that, walked away, no more to be with them. But then Jesus said unto the twelve, will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Now notice what he says. Thou hast the words of what? Eternal life. So Peter understood exactly what Jesus was saying. That his flesh and his blood, and it's like oxygen to your body, you need this in order to live. When we partake of Jesus' words and doing what he says, and not just hearing them only. Because it's the hearers that are just, right? It's, it's, it's the doers of the word, not the hearers that are just before God. We are actually eating his flesh and drinking his blood. The Bible tells us in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 and verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him, the Word was life. And the life was the light of men, and the Word was made flesh. You see, Jesus is the Word. And when we eat, take in Jesus' words, 
we're eating him because he is the word of God. He's the word of God made flesh. And in Jesus, the word is eternal life. If Jesus' words dwell in you, then he who is the word dwells in you also, and you in him. If we do not do Jesus' words, then his words is not in us. And therefore, since he's not in us or abiding in us, therefore there is no eternal life. So to have Jesus' words in us, and we do them, and we fulfill them, we have life, and without that we do not. Again, in John chapter 6, verses 53, 56, I like to say this again, just for emphasis. Then Jesus said unto them, The truth of truth, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh, now we know the words, of the Son of Man and drink his blood, we know now that means his words, you have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh, my words, and drinketh my blood, my words, have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh, my words, is food indeed, and my blood, my words, is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh, my words, and drinketh my blood, my words, dwelleth in me, and I and I in him. Do you want to have eternal life, brothers and sisters? Then we must eat and drink and breathe the word of God. I cannot be said in, oh no. <laughs> you know, Satan really hates this sermon. You know that. You know that. He hates this sermon. I'm going to try to bring this up again. You know, it's like I said, when I'm at home, none of this stuff happens. I come here and I have everything that happen, that can happen happens here. But, all right. All right, hopefully it'll, it'll work for me here. I'm sorry. So Jesus' words need to dwell in us. They need to dwell in you. Then he who is the word dwells in you also, and you in him. Again, if we do not do his words, then we don't have eternal life, okay? Ugh, it just did it again. All right, I might have to do this another way. It's amazing. I've never had this ever happen, ever. Again, I know that Satan hates this. Please pray. Maybe I'll just leave it on this. All right. All right, I'm going to get messed up here. All right, so now that again, we already covered that, I'm sorry. Like I said, Satan hates this. I'm just going to read it from right here. So we'll just pick up from right here. So John says in the book of John, chapter 15, verses 7 through 11, Jesus said, if you abide in me, now notice what he says, and my words abide in you. You see a repeated theme in all of this. You shall ask what you, what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciple. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, and that's not just the Ten Commandments, it's all of Jesus' words, Amen. You shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, his words, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that your joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. So the purpose of abiding in Jesus' words and God's words abiding in us is fruit bearing. That's what God wants. He wants us to bear fruit. So what is this fruit? The fruits of the Spirit is actually having Christ's character manifested in your life. 
Notice what the Bible, God's word, says about what the fruit of the Spirit is. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, the Bible reads, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. So what do you call these words? They're characteristics, right? It's describing what the fruits of the Spirit is. They're character traits. And, and are you aware that these fruits are also the same character traits that God has? It actually is. God has the exact same character traits. Moses one time asked God to show him his glory. And the glory of God is actually his character, and you're going to see that in just a moment. So I'm just going to read this. It's found in Exodus chapter 33, verses 11 through 19. And the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he, Moses, said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord. And then when we go down to the next chapter, Exodus 34, verses 5 through 6. And the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth. What again? What did God show Moses? He showed him his characteristics. And please notice that these character attributes are the exact same character attributes that you find in the fruits of the Spirit. So when we abide in Christ, and Christ abides in us, and we have life, Christ is in us, and we'll bear fruit. And the fruit is a Christ-like character. Is it anything that I did? No. no. It was Christ in me. As you can see, as I show you there, Exodus 34, verse 6, you can see on the screen the actual character traits that I just read. And again, I show Galatians 5, 22, and 23. And you can see they're identical. It's the same character traits that God has. So the whole purpose of abiding in the bind, right, and Christ abiding in you is so that you can bear fruit and become Christ's life. Amen? Amen? So there can be no question about it, friends. To eat Jesus' flesh and to drink his blood is to partake of his words. To stay in his words is to abide in his words. Is the same as abiding in Jesus and, in G and Jesus abiding in us and through his word. And what will be the fruit of doing so? You'll take on the character attributes of God. So we can, take, we can take no credit at all for salvation. It is Jesus living in us, manifesting his life through us. But Jesus will not force his life upon us. Jesus has left us something to do. And that is for to what? Abide in his word. And to have his word himself, who is a word, abiding in us. It is for us to eat his word and drink his word. That is something God has left up to each and every one of us. It's up to us. If we do as he has asked us to do, he promises to abide in us and to manifest himself in us and through us. We will, know, we will know that we do know him because our characters have become changed and we become like Christ. No more manifesting the works of the flesh, but rather manifesting Jesus' character attributes. Yes, we can then become loving long-suffering, good, and patient, and kind. Is that what you want, brother? Would you like to have Jesus' character manifested in your life? You can. 
All you have to do is eat the words of Jesus Christ and abide in them, and you will have eternal life. The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 1, 27, Christ, who is the word, in you, the hope of glory. What did Moses ask to show him? His glory. What was his glory? His character. This is the plan of salvation in a nutshell. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is my prayer for myself. That is my prayer for you. In a moment, we'll be partaking of the communion bread, representing the body and flesh of Jesus. We'll be also drinking the grape juice, representing the blood of Christ. Let these two emblems take on a whole new meaning to you today. This, God does only want to commune with you today. He wants to commune with you every day. And we can commune with him every day. If we're in his word. And his words in us. John chapter 6 verse 53. Jesus said. Except. Again for emphasis. Except you eat the flesh of the son of man. His words. And drink his blood. His words. You have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh. And drinketh my blood. My words. Hath eternal life. And I will raise them up in the last days. The words that I speak unto you, they are life. Jesus could not make it any plainer. The spirit of prophecy tells us this. Notice how this fits in perfectly with scripture. The spirit of prophecy tells us in Patrick and Prophets, page 277. The followers of Christ must receive and assimilate the word of God. Assimilate is to take it in. So that shall become the motive power of life and action. By the power of Christ, they must be changed into his likeness and reflect his divine what? Attributes. Where we've heard that before. They must eat. How? They must eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of God, or there is no life in them. In the book of John, chapter 14, verses 23 through 24, Jesus said, If you love me, he will keep my words. He who does not love me does not keep my words. I think Jesus has made it very plain about his words. Again, John chapter 8 and verse 51. The truth to truth I say unto you, if a man keep my sayings, my words, he shall never see death. So we can have eternal life, brothers, and we know the way. Jesus made it very clear. In John chapter 6 and verse 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are breath, and they are life. And the Apostle Peter couldn't say it any better. Jesus, thou hast the words of eternal life. We know how to have eternal life. There's no excuse for anybody to be lost. To have eternal life is to eat and drink God's word, to abide in his word, to have his word abide in us, and have his character reflected in us. Jesus wants, again, not only to commune with you today here at this table, but he wants to commune with you every day throughout your whole life. May we not neglect studying and reading the Word of God. How much time do we spend in front of the TV and the computers and the laptops and the iPads? And how much time do we spend in Word of God's Word? And we wonder why we don't reflect Christ's character. And I'm, that, I'm speaking to myself. If that's you too, then that's with you. But that's to me. May God bless you, and may I pray that this communion service and the bread and the wine representing his flesh and his blood take on a whole new meaning for you today. Amen. Amen.
At this time, we're going to start our communion service. Um, maybe we should close with a word of prayer before we do this, since we just had a sermon. If you don't mind, just bow your head. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Jesus coming to die on the cross for us and to give us his body and to shed his blood for us. We understand what you are teaching us today, Lord, in your word. That we need to eat your flesh and drink your blood. We need to be in your word, and your word needs to be in us. And when your word is in us, we know Jesus, who is the word, is in us. And we're told that if we choose to do that, that we will bear the fruits of the Spirit, and we will reflect your character, the character which Adam and Eve had before the fall. A complete salvation, Lord, that you have given to man. A complete salvation. You've taken from the fall of man and you want to restore man back into your beautiful image and reflect your glory once again. And then again, we can come worship at your feet. We may partake of the tree of life and we may live with you for all eternity, Lord. We love you so much. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for giving us your word. And it teaches that your words are much more than like words of a book. Your words are spirit. They are life. And they will change us. And I thank you, Lord, for loving us so much. And I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our word of life, our breath to our souls. Amen. At this time, we'll depart for the communion service. Uh, for those who want to participate in the foot washing, it's all set up. Please come down. If you're a visitor here, you're welcome. Uh, you can partake in the communion service. If you're a visitor here and not baptized, you're welcome. All are called to the tables of Christ, and all may partake. So at this time, uh, I'll dismiss for the full washing, and after that, we'll come back. I ask those who remain here, please remain reverent in the sanctuary, and then we'll have the communion service right afterwards. Thank you.